Psalms 106, verse number 1. If you're there, say Amen. The Bible said, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Somebody say Amen. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? It's a pretty good question. Who can show forth all His praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. That I may glory with thine inheritance. Notice what the psalmist says in verse 6. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also. It was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his word. I believe we could say that that's still a problem today. They soon forgot His works. They waited not for His counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp, And Aaron, the saint of the Lord, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abraham. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. Wondrous works in the land of Ham. And terrible things by the Red Sea. Here's my thought today. Therefore He said, He is being God, that He would destroy them. Comma, had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest 
He should destroy them. We have read some very powerful verses. And there's many more in this psalm. Chapter 106. But today, the Lord has burdened my heart deeply from verse number 23. And it said this, Therefore He said, being God, that He would destroy them, being the children of Israel. Had not Moses, His chosen, stood before Him, being God, in the breach, to turn away His wrath, lest He should destroy them. If I could today... I'm going to preach to you on this thought, part A and part B tonight. How to stand before God in prayer. How to stand before God in prayer. Pray with me and for me, please. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for the blessed Word of God. Now, Lord, what I'm dealing with today is what you've given me. God, there's not a doubt in my mind that this is where I ought to be today. And Lord, You knew who'd be here. So Lord, I'm praying, God, that You'd use me. Feel me, God. I pray, Lord, that You'd bind the strong man. And God, that You'd loose the Spirit of God. And Lord, that, that we would not hinder the work that You want to do in this place. And these people in their hearts, Lord, at this time. God, please, Lord, use me as only You can. For what You do, we'll thank You now. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. This morning, by way of introduction, may I say it is here in Psalm chapter 106 where the psalmist, I believe to be David, is writing a psalm of praise unto the Lord. Verse number 1 said, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give Thanks unto the Lord for His good, for His mercy endureth forever. Uh, the psalmist then further explains uh, his reason for praise concerning the goodness and the mercy of God. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of introduction, so stay with me. If you look at verse number 2 through verse number 23, here's what you'll find. We've already read it, so I won't reread it, but what you find is the heritage of the psalmist. I believe again uh, to be David. The psalmist goes through uh, the life of his forefathers. He begins to explain uh, uh, why he's praising the Lord. Lord, not just based upon his merit or his good or his experience, but what he had seen God do in the life of his fathers. May I say this morning, it is there that the psalmist praised the Lord based upon verse number one, giving honor to whom honors due. May I say this morning, there's none worthy to be praised besides the God of mankind. He's the God of the whole world. He's the one and the only. The psalmist begins to praise and glorify Him in verse number one. Again, 
by way of introduction, I want you to understand uh, this morning that his heritage uh, was a favored one. It was one that had been seasoned with grace. Uh, uh, but my friend, may I say, according to his own words and the word of God, uh, this Israelite, the psalmist, uh, looks back through the years and sees uh, uh, that his forefathers, those who went before him, had not always walked with God. Would you agree with me when you look at Israel all throughout the Bible? Here's what you'll find. Uh, one minute they're doing good and before you can blink your eye, they're back down yonder somewhere in the valley. Uh, they're, they return to their same old sin like a dog that returns to its vomit. i tell you what they were. They're like the modern day church goer and the Baptists. You know what our Baptist churches are filled with? Uh, I call them Baptist Catholics. Uh, what they do is they'll come in, confess their sin, and go right back out and fall back in the same old way that they've always been doing. And they come back in out of moral ob- uh, uh, obligation or moral duty and they'll fall on an altar. Uh, they might not confess to the priest uh, behind the belt or the pervert helping somebody. Uh, they'll come in and they'll rename their sin, but they never repent of their sin. That's what Israel died. I mean, from the very beginning, when God blesses the nation of Israel and He establishes the Abrahamic covenant, you find God's people always rejecting God's Word, always rejecting God's man, always rejecting God's will. Then they accept it for a while. Then they reject it for a while. Then they accept it for a while. Then they reject it for a while. And you'll find yourself going over and over and over in the pages of the Old Testament where the nation of Israel rises and falls. And it rises and falls. And here the psalmist begins to praise God. In verse number 1, read it with me one more time. In verse number 1, this is what he said. He said, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. I love verse number 2. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord who can show forth his praise may I say if there's ever been a group of people uh, that could utter his works and utter his praise it would have been Israel Uh, over and over and over you see that God spares Israel despite Israel's state of despair Did did you pick that up he spares Israel despite their position of despair they're not where they ought to be with God they're not holding up their end of the deal but thank God God's holding up he is somebody ought to help me this morning thank God if you're saved if you're really saved you'll not fall and be content there but there is a God that will forgive you and let you go on for his glory if you're saved and you repent. This crowd friend that uh, never, never, never turns from sin and never turns from self, uh, and they still want to, they still want to uh, say they're going to heaven. They're saved and on their way to heaven. I'm just going to tell you upon the authority of God's word, hog uh, to the wash. Uh, there's lost uh, as a man can be, uh, my friend. When the Holy Ghost of God uh, lives on the inside of man. Uh, I don't give a rip what you say. Uh, That man cannot do what he wants and get by with it. Uh, That man cannot live for himself and get by with it. That man cannot please.
please his flesh and get by with it. I'm not saying you can't fall because you will. I'm not saying you won't sin because you will. But you will not live there. And you will not stay there. One of two things are going to happen. You will either be convicted and repent of that sin and get right with God and the prodigal always goes back to the Father or God will check you out of here, friend. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen it. Y'all, some of y'all have seen it. I've seen good godly people turn on God and refuse to get right with God. And it ain't just a little while down the road. God will sometimes give them five years. Sometimes God will give them ten. Sometimes God's even so gracious to give them fifteen. But you can look at their life and the way it came to an end and see clearly with spiritual discernment that God... Took them out of here, friend. You've got, if you're saved, you must live for God. The children of Israel, man, they struggled trying to please God. And I want to show you a few things this morning by way of introduction. And I want you to see, number one, the direct familiarity. The direct familiarity. In verse number two, he asked the question. He said, who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth His praise? In verse number three, he comforts the saints. He said, He said, who can utter his mighty acts? Of course, we know he's referring to Israel. If anybody can, Israel can. May I remind you uh, that it was God that uh, turned uh, that part of the Red Sea for Israel that delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. Uh, God over and over and over is constantly uh, making provision and protection for this nation. They knew his works, uh, if anybody did. But there's a familiarity here in verse number 6 through 7 I want you to see he said we have sinned with our fathers making reference to Israel and verse number 7 our fathers understood not the wonders in Egypt they remember not the multitude of thy mercies but provoked him at the Red Sea may I say this morning it sounds a whole lot like the modern day Christian to me I'm going somewhere but verse number 7 he said they didn't understand can you imagine what, what the psalmist is referring to uh, his forefathers, his heritage uh, uh, came out of captivity and bondage. Uh, uh, you know you know the story, you understand the scripture uh, that Israel was in bondage, Egyptian bondage uh, uh, for many many years and the Bible said that he not only delivered them uh, but then after he delivered them he gave them victory after victory after victory as Moses is leading them uh, uh, to the promised land. But you know what he said about his forefathers, Brother Chris? He said they could not understand what all God was doing for them. They didn't comprehend His mercies. Therefore, they did not praise Him in verse 1 like they should have in verse number 2. Who can show forth the praise? They could have. But they didn't based upon their ability. Now, it's an ability to forget the goodness of God. Let me tell you something. That's a conscious decision that one makes. I mean, how many of y'all can look back over your life and there's absolutely no mistake at the mercies of God? I can tell you time after time, after time after time, when my ship should have sank, but somehow or another I come out the other side. I can tell you time after time when I should have been snared and trapped and jailed and locked down and tied to this old world, but God give me deliverance. How many 
all that can go with me and say amen right there. I can show you the mercy of God on my life just by what I see. Can you imagine how much mercy is there based upon what we cannot see? Uh, may I say if anybody has got reason to praise Him this morning, it's you and, uh, uh, it's you and me. Uh, Israel uh, could show forth the mighty acts and could show forth all His praise, but they were quick to forget. Uh, they were quick to let His mercy slip by. They were quick to forget the, the wonders and the miracles that God had done. He admits that they would sin. He said, me and our fathers, we sin, the Bible said. But then when we really start to see Him answer that question in verse number 2, asking who can, can praise and show His mighty works, we find there's nextly a desired favor. In verse number 2, look with me. He said, who can utter mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all His praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Now that's the goal, but he understands they never met that goal. Look at verse number 4. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. You know what he's saying? God, I don't know what kind of mercy they got, but I want it to. He said, I can look back over the history and the heritage of my life and see time after time. Lord, when Israel, the nation of Israel, should have been consumed and you spared them. I can see over and over and over when my grandfather's day would fall and sin and would disobey when they were down there living carnally in bondage. They weren't looking for a way out. I believe a bunch of them Israelites got content down yonder in Babylon. I believe they enjoyed living in Egypt. By the way, Egypt's always a type in the picture of the world. There's always a handful that was discontent. But you better know some of them old some of them old Israelites would gather in the streets. That's the best thing ever happened to us when we got pulled out over yonder. All them covenants and creeds and all that established heritage from Abraham. I don't know about you boys, but it looks pretty good down here. There were some of them that enjoyed being in bondage. By the way, those who are in bondage today, you want to know why they're in bondage? Because they enjoy being in bondage. A hogwash on this. That time saved and going to heaven, but you love your sin more than you love God. Hogwash on this crowd that claims that they've been washed in the blood. But my friend, they don't live a life for Jesus. They're content being bound in their sin. They enjoy being trapped in the snare. Brother Dak said it Wednesday night. I believe it was until you get sick and tired of your sin. My friend, you're never going to. Repent of it. You'll never turn away from it. I'm sick and tired of living in a generation that's claiming to have victory and they're living in the chains of bondage and they're chained up and they're shackled and they're not mad about it. They're enjoying their sin. They'll come sit on a church pew, sing hallelujah. I know my name's there. Shout the victory. Cry tears. Run laps. Oh yes, friend. And they're shackled as hell itself. I'm trying to tell you this morning uh, that you better ask God uh, to show 
mercy and grace uh, and ask for that same favor. The psalmist said, Lord God, please. Uh, Lord, give me the favor that you give my fathers. Uh, it appears to me the psalmist does uh, want to live for God, but he acknowledges his heritage and he sees that my forefathers did not even want God, but God wanted them. God, give me that favor. We see the desired favor. Then we see the designated focus. Verse number 5. Look with me. That I may see the good of thy chosen. Verse 6. We have sinned with our fathers. Verse 7. Our fathers understood not by wonders. Uh, uh, look here. Uh, and verse number 8. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. We see the desired favor. God, give me favor like you did my forefathers. But then we see the designated focus. Uh, uh, in other words, the psalmist said, Lord, I understand now uh, why that you would give them favor uh, on a bunch of people that didn't live right. God, they didn't choose you, but you chose them. And here's what he said. I understand it now, Lord. Uh, you know why God did that for the nation of Israel? It wasn't just a covenant, friend. Uh, it was uh, num verse number 8. Uh, he said, nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might uh, make his mighty power uh, known unto them. Let me tell you something. Uh, God will uh, allow certain things to go on uh, and people to get to this place like Israel did. Uh, just so His power and His name is known among men. Uh, may I say that's the designated focus? Uh, God ain't never had to be nothing. Are you listening to me? He didn't have to forgive us to be God. Uh, he didn't have to give you a 100,000 chances uh, when you should have died somewhere in a ditch uh, or you should have uh, uh, wrecked that car or you should have uh, died with that needle in your arm or, or something shoved up your nose or a bottle in your hand. I'm looking at people all. I'm looking at all kind of people uh, that should have died many years ago and bust hell wide open. But ain't you glad uh, uh, for His name's sake uh, that He showed mercy and grace when He shouldn't have. Uh, and He overlooked some things. Uh, and He bypassed some things. Uh, and He forgave some things nobody else would forgive. Uh, I'm trying to tell you this morning, uh, He's greatly to be praised. Uh, there's a whole room full of people if we got what we deserved. Uh, We'd be blistered like a like a hot dog in the hottest part of part of hell. But thanks be to God that He seen something in you and I. And it's not that you could be recognized or you could be praised. But when men look at you in your life and where God's brought you from, it brings praise to His name. That's what the psalmist is saying. Yes, sir. Designated focus. The decline of his fathers. I'm not going to preach on that. We see the decline of his fathers all the way down to verse number 23. My God, all they did seemed like it's messed up. Would you say amen right there? I mean, we read it. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, go back through and read it. All they did is mess up, fail God. Not only do we see the, not only do we see the direct familiarity and the desired favor. The decline of his fathers, the designated focus. But then we see this. This is where I'm going to land, right here. Then we see the destruction that was forfeited. The destruction that was forfeited. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 said, Therefore, 
Brother Dax explained that Wednesday night. That's why I said everything he was preaching on felt like just preparing you all for this. Or in light of. Because of all these failures, all this sin. Y'all follow me? In the first 22 verses. Therefore, He, being God, said that He would destroy them. Are you listening to me? God had gotten to the place where Israel had become so corrupt and so wicked and so filled full of self and self-pleasure and self-desire that He had reached the place where He had done made His mind up that He would destroy him. But the verse don't stop there. It said, Had not Moses His chosen stood before Him in the breach to turn away His wrath lest He should destroy them. So in other words, Here's what you've got. You've got destruction that's forfeited. God's plan is to destroy the nation. But He forfeits His plan. He gives up His plan of destruction based upon one man. And that man's name is Moses. The Bible said in verse 23 that Moses stood before Him, being God. He stood before God in the breach. Here's what that breach is. Uh, here, I want you to follow me now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach my introduction, maybe all. Uh, but what you've got is God here. And Israel is here. Are you following me? God sits on high. God is holy and righteous and upright in all His ways. Israel is His chosen people. God made a, 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 a promise to Abraham that He would bless the seed and multiply the seed. That He would watch over, protect, love, provide for the nation of Israel. But all all along their way for 22 verses we find all Israel did is decline and decline and decline getting further and further away to the point God said I regret even making this bunch he said here's what I'm going to do I'll destroy them now you say was God going to break his promise no because we'll go there directly but in Exodus chapter number 32 God proposes a deal to Moses he said Moses here's what I can do he said, I'll keep my promise through you. I'll destroy all them, the three million uh, Jews. I'll, I'll wipe them out. And I'll keep my promise through you. By the way, according to the Abrahamic covenant, the only thing that God had to do in order to keep His promise to Israel was keep two of each tribe alive. Are you following me? There's 12 tribes, and God must keep two of all 12 tribes alive, and they can multiply replant and God could keep his word and so he's establishing here's what I'm going to do Moses I'm going to destroy all them for their decline, for their rebellion for their sin, I'm sick of it and and, and so uh, between God and Israel there's a breach, there's a gap and there's one man that's standing are you following me? between God and the sinners uh, between God and the nation of Israel uh, may I say what a thought that it is uh, it is here we have a nation of people not just any people but God's chosen people who have done nothing but sin and disobey and worship false gods and rebel against God's word dishonor, disrespect, disregard God's man ever since God led them out of Egyptian bondage then among the heathen uh, this heathen breed of pure hellions 
names uh, is a man of God by the name of Moses. And Moses wasn't the most uh, refined, educated man. Uh, Moses was slow of speech. Uh, Moses had a tight tongue. But I'm going to tell you what Moses did. Moses was able to stand before God. Uh, and Moses stood in the breach before uh, God in the place. Uh, standing almost uh, as a mediator or an intercessor, if you will, uh, for Israel on behalf of Israel to God. Uh, so once these Jews are set free, all, all they do is decline. And it leads God to the point uh, that He's willing to destroy them, but He forfeits uh, based upon Moses standing in the gap. Uh, now my friend, uh, I understand that God uh, does not deal with the nations in this dispensation. God does not judge the nations in the New Testament. We find that judgment can fall upon the nation, but don't misunderstand and miss. Uh, read your Bible. You know why judgment comes to a nation and how it comes to a nation? It comes to the church first. Uh, for judgment begins the house of God. Uh, my friend, in this dispensation, God is not necessarily judging the nations as He did in the Old Testament, uh, but the nations can still fall under judgment because God will deal with the church. And the byproduct of the judgment of God falling on the church is the nations will. Uh, it's a trickle effect and they will be judged as a byproduct of God's judgment at the house of God. May I say this morning, if there's ever been a time that America needed Christians to be right with God and needed a body of believers to stand between them and a thrice holy almighty God, it is now. Let me tell you something this morning. We're nearing the shore, my friend. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you look. Now this is where I'm going to start preaching. People are dying and on their way to hell. Are you following me this morning? My friend, our nation turned its back on God many years ago. Our forefathers started out right. But over the years, our foundation has been forgotten. And now here we are in 2021 and we're living in a nation that knows not God. My friend, I'm going to ask a question. What if the rapture is delayed more than we think? I think it could come today. But what if it ain't for another hundred years? Our children have to be the adults. And their children, our great-great-grandchildren are raised in this country. My friend, we're taking our, our responsibility too lightly. We're not looking down the road. We, if God don't come back and rapture the church, Brother Chris, we've got a heritage that we've got to prepare for. And let me tell you all something. You look at America and think she's bad now. If the Lord tarries, honey, we ain't seen nothing yet. And there's going to be another grief uh, three or four generations down the road that's going to have to stand for God, friend. My friend, we need to live like we're all going to die and the rapture's not going to take place so we can stand in the gap and stand before God in the breach between our country and God Almighty. May I say the track America's on now will only grow darker and dimmer if something don't change. You say, what's the answer? Is there a solution? Can it be turned around? I can't say all for certain, but I do know one thing God has not changed. And He sent revival to the nations before. And who knows? He may just send it all revival once again. If 
the church would stand in the gap, would stand in the breach before God. May I say, here's the issue. Most Christians, and even some of you who are sitting here today, you've already made up your mind. Things are never going to change. Take no use in trying. It is what it is. And you're sitting on the sideline instead of on the front line. My friend, the byproduct of that is that the church has lost her burden. Where's the burden for revival? Where's the burden for the lost to be saved? Where's the burden to see the church filled with power and unction once again? Here's the real question of the hour. Is there anybody left that is that is spiritually able to stand before God in the gap between God and those who are lost around you? Is there anybody able? Let me just tell you something. Not anybody can stand in the gap. Not just every Christian can stand in the gap. There's some specific things that one has to possess within himself to be able to stand before God. Did you know and I firmly believe that if you are where you ought to be with God and can stand in the gap, that you too can keep the wrath of God off of other people? Not me. I'm a nobody. No, you're a child of the Most High God. You got royal blood in your veins. Are you listening to me this morning? If you've been blood bought, born again, you're an heir to God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Thank God when He sees you and me, He sees His Son. May I say Moses stood before God in the breach sparing an entire nation because of his position with God. You say, how can one stand before God in the breach on behalf of others? There's a one answer to that, and I'm going to take you to Exodus and show you what it is. But here's the answer. How are we, and this is where I want our burden to get, how can we stand before God in the breach? One, one way, through and by prayer. Are you listening? Prayer. May I say this morning, stay with me, if our churches are, have failed in one area, I believe more than others, it, it would most definitely be this area of prayer. Uh, my friend, listen to me. Prayer is very powerful. Uh, prayer is important and prayer is precious. Ain't you glad the Bible said, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And it's the man Christ Jesus ain't you glad that we've got a direct line to the throne room of God somebody ought to help me today I'm glad thank God I don't have to go sit down and confess all my sin to another man and trust him to take them before the throne of God but my friend when the when the when the the Lord Jesus died on the cross the Bible said that the clouds rolled in that the sky was darkened it thundered in lightning. The Bible said the temple was rent and the veil was torn. Thank God there's no longer a barrier between God and the God man. But my friend you and I can find a place on our knees in the midnight hour. Glory to His name. And we can call upon a God and He'll hear our prayers and He'll hear our supplications and He's touched by our infirmities. I'm that we can go before God in prayer. Prayer, listen to me, is the key 
that unlocks the power of God. Are you following me? This will help you if you'll let it. Prayer is the key that unlocks the power. How are we going to see the power of God in this church? We're going to have to have a church that prays. Y'all ain't getting it. I'm telling my look on your faces, you ain't getting it. Prayer is the key that unlocks the power. I'm afraid to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I believe even in our church, there's a good majority. Don't matter if the power's here or not. To them. We've got a good church. It is what it is. 2021, things have changed. That's your attitude. You got family that's going to bust hell wide open because of it. Somebody, listen to me, they can't pray for themselves. Are you following me? They don't know God. God don't know them. By the way, that's Bible. Until you're saved, God don't know you, and then pray till the cows come home. That ain't doing them a bit of good until they pray that prayer asking God to save. Birth them into the family. Put them into the body. At that point, prayer's a different circumstance for those who are unsaved. But until they're saved, it does them no good. So what do they need? They need to be able to rely on you to pray on their behalf. It's called intercessory prayer. And I believe in it. I believe there's an intercessor, and it's not us. But I believe we're a, we're a type that can intercede for those who cannot pray for themselves. Absolutely. And prayer is the key that unlocks the power of God. May I say that's exactly how Moses was able to stand in the breach, Brother Chris. He was a man of God, but he was a man of prayer. By the way, listen to me. You can't have one without the other. You can't have a man of God without a man of prayer. And you can't you won't find a man of prayer that ain't a man of God. They hold hands together because that's again where power comes from. You do realize that I I, I couldn't do a thing in the world without the help of God. And you know a good way to get His help? Ask. And if you'll ask Him and spend time with Him and talk with Him, build a relationship with Him, form a bond through prayer and supplication, the power of God will be put on your life. Amen. Amen. I believe that. And so... Leave the introduction, but if you don't know what's going on, it won't help you. So now I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus. Probably won't get out of that uh, introduction to the, this morning, but it'll be alright. Book of Exodus. Last Sunday, preaching was easy. This Sunday it's not. But I'm just going to keep on preaching. Right now. You got more important things in your mind or heart? I'm here to tell you they're not more important. Right. Man. Let me just ask you this. How many of y'all know at least ten people that's well on their way to hell? Oh, yes. At least ten. I don't know how many's in here, probably 15 or 20. Imagine if we got a burden in prayer, Brother Dax. Right. 
I'm in. I'm not. I'm not talking about now. Laying down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul. Keep us die far away. Pray the Lord my soul. Take you think you got a prayer life? Right, man. I'm saying it's serious business. Amen. We're gonna get to dive into it tonight, people. But this is serious business. You do understand Psalms 106:23. If it had not been for Moses, Israel would have been wiped out. You understand that, don't you? You understand that a bunch of them, they weren't, they weren't converted. Just because they were laying out of bondage don't mean they were saved. They weren't saved. That's why they, that's why they give Moses hell every time they have an opportunity. Because they weren't converted. They weren't Christians. They weren't followers of God. They, all they knew was God, uh, whoever God was, was what Moses was telling. They weren't saved, but many of them got saved, and they'd have never got saved had it not been for Moses. There's people in your life. They don't just need you to be an example. They don't just need you to be somebody they can call in their weak moments. And that's fine if you're those things. But they need somebody praying for them. Because without somebody praying for them and asking God and begging God and getting a burden. Let me tell you all something. I just believe this about God. I believe God loves us enough if we'll really pour our heart out before God and pray for people. God will do that for that person based upon His love for you. Amen. Amen. You don't believe that? I do. I do. Let me tell you something. Let me give you an example. I was trying to think of examples of that love last night. I thought about this. I've got a son, his name's Elijah. He's got a butt, and I thought of Colson. And let's just say, I just was thinking down the road, 15 years from now, uh, they want to go to, uh, I don't know, they want to go to Kings Island. Now I got to thinking about this because I've been there as a teenager and I've done it to my dad. My son has a friend, whoever it may be. And his friend, he's run out of money. Another son he really wants. Right. He's just with me Good. and my son. Good. And here comes Elijah and he says, Dad, Colson really, he really wanted that Colton Bryant jersey back there, but Dad, he don't know how he eats. He eats like his dad. He spent all his money on ice cream and breakfast sweets. And cinnamon churros. And chocolate sauce. And he spent all his money, Dad. And I say, sounds awful, man. So I hate the Lord. Daddy really wants that church. Well, how many of y'all been done like this? Would you, would you buy for me? For me, would you please? That's my buddy. You know, I can't look at him. It's my love for him that says, Right. All right, Michael, come on. And I go over and I make a purchase on his behalf. Not necessarily because of my love for him. I do love Colson. But it'd be different. It's based upon my love and my merit for my son. That's true. Y'all understand what I'm saying to you? How many of y'all have been asked after church, can 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 Tyler come over? Or can you know Erica come over? Whoever. And I mean, you, you, you just went real excited about it. <laughs> but when Madison says, Daddy, please. I look at her. I look at Carol. I say, well, I look for you. She's benefiting because of my love for my child. 
They all sang. Oh, glory to God. There's a whole bunch of times that we'll pray. We're asking something from God. And <laughs> he may be sitting up there and thinking, well, but then here comes his son. And he begins to say, Father, Brother John said, he's praying for a big lady. Would you do that for him? And then he looks at his son. He sees his son asking on my behalf. He looks back at his son and he says, well, since you asked, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll tell you the final prayer is people lost on their way to hell. They're going to burn in hell if somebody don't pray for them. This church, listen to me, revival can come, and I believe it will. But it's not going to be free. We've got to ask. And you know what? God would be righteous and just if He were to look down and say, Still, what about this church? They're full of a bunch of people that's made mistakes. They're full of people that's turned their backs on me. It's full of people that don't even read the Bible faithful, that'll pray faithful, that'll be church faithful. I mean, I he, he could if He wanted to. But thank God when the Lord Jesus appears on our behalf, He don't see all that. He sees His only Son. And if we'll pray, you better mark on that. But the Lord Jesus loves this place. He loves the bride. He loves it so much in God. And if we'll ask, He wants to do what we ask. He wants to give us the desires of our heart according to His will. And it's His will that none, nobody should perish. But that all should come to repentance. I just believe if we'll get a burden in prayer, and pray sinners to be saved and prodigals to come home and saints to be exhorted and sinners to be evangelized. I believe when our prayer goes before the throne of God that God will answer on behalf of His Son who purchased us with His own That's how Moses stood in the words. He saved Moses for advance and he loved Moses. He wasn't, he wasn't mad at Moses because among all them people there was a man of God. Well, you know how much pressure is on me, Brother Chris, to be who I say I am. Because I'm standing in the breach this morning for you. Huh? You all showed up here today depending on me to tell you what God said. I'm in the breach and standing in that breach, my friend, with standing there comes great, great, great responsibility. Uh, may I say we need some more Moseses in this generation. Uh, and I ain't just talking about me and I'm talking about Christians. We need some Christians uh, to be like Moses where they can stand in the gap on behalf of other people. We need real revival, and that's how we'll see it come. Look with me in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Are y'all still okay? <clears throat> I knew it'd be two parts, so 
I'll quit when the Lord tells me to stop. Exodus 32, look at verse 30. <coughs> Excuse me. How did Moses stand in the gap? I've already told you through prayer. So let's read his prayer. Exodus chapter number 32, look at verse number 30. And it came to pass on the morrow. Now, let me remind you now, this is exactly what Psalms 106.23 is talking about. This prayer. This is how he stood before God in the breach on behalf of Israel that Israel was not destroyed. You'll read it yourself. Verse number 30, it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him, will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people unto the place of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. Let me give you just a little background. We'll go to chapter 33. It is here where Moses in chapter 32 has went up on the mount of God and the Lord has spoken unto him those ten commandments uh, that hang upon our back wall that Moses has put them on two tablets of stone and he's up there uh, we'll go back maybe tonight and read it some more uh, but he's up there on the mountain and he hadn't been up there uh, just a moment and here's what the people said bunch of stiff necked people uh, they begin to say well what, what's this deal with Moses what happened to our leader that's just led us out of Egyptian bondage uh, where'd he go of course we know where he went he went up to spend time with God uh, and while he was gone uh, Aaron failed him as well and they said well we need a God uh, that, that we need a God to worship that's delivered us out of uh, Pharaoh's hand in Egyptian bondage and Aaron said alright take your earrings off and your necklace and your bracelet and your rings and he said all the gold and we'll melt it down and we'll make a golden calf that's exactly what they done. As as Moses is on the mountain with God, they're all dancing, singing, and going on around the golden calf that they made with their own hands, giving it credit and glory for their uh, uh, for their release and their freedom from bondage. And so here it is that Moses he comes down, he's mad, he throws the two tablets of stone down, he breaks them, goes back up on the mountain of God, and begins to pray on behalf of Israel and we see there in verse 30 through verse number 34 he said God they've sinned a great sin he said but Lord think about this now this is a pastor's heart he's ready to kill him one minute that's exactly the truth he thought think about this God had just given him two tablets of stone and he breaks them I preached on that when you let others affect you to the point that you throw down what God's give you but he did he's human he got mad he throws them down, rebukes the living daylights out of them, then goes back up and as a wet hen and says, God, they've done a terrible sin, but I need you to forgive them. That's a man of God's heart. Lord, I'm just going to be honest, there's days I want to choke church people because I see them do so much. 
thinking, my God in heaven. How in the world people do some of the things they do? I'll never understand. And I get so aggravated. But then when I go to prayer, I say, Lord, please help Why is that? The pastor's heart. Moses had one. Look at chapter 33. He said, Lord, if you won't forgive them, take my name out of the book. Pretty good type of Christ. If you ain't willing to forgive them, I'm willing to die spiritual death. Chapter 33. I'm hurrying. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence. Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Y'all see that? And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out uh, the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Pezzarite, and the uh, Hiviite, and the Jebusite unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. He said, all right, Moses, I'll forgive him. Go on, lead him, but I ain't going with you. I'm going to give you an angel. I'm, I'm staying back. Because if I go another mile with this bunch of stiff-necked, cussing, stinking, rebellious as hell, uh, bastard children, I'm going to kill every one of them. That's what God said. That's what He said. Look here. Verse 4. When the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. And no man did put on him his ornaments. And for the Lord had said unto Moses, saying to the children of Israel, You are stiff-necked people. I will come up in the midst of thee in a moment, consume thee. Therefore now put off thine ornament from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves their ornaments by the mount of Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Stay with me. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at, at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone to the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar, pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend and he turned again into the camp but his servant Joshua the son of Nun a young man departed not out of the tabernacle and Moses pay attention said unto the Lord see thou sayest unto me bring up this people and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me yet thou hast said I know thee by name and thou hast also found grace in my sight now therefore I pray thee if I have found grace in thy sight show me now thy way that I may know thee that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. So Moses stands before God in the breach. God's ready to kill this bunch. And he's so mad. He said, all right, I'll forgive them. Moses said, well, we've not made it to the promised land yet. 
And I need some help to get there. How many of y'all say amen? You ain't going you can't lead nobody if God ain't leading you. I need some help, Mr. Ryan. I'll send you an angel. Moses said, that ain't going to work. I ain't going with an angel. I'm either going with you or I ain't going. But but Moses, if I go with you and then people sporadic in a moment, I'm going to kill them. They're stiff-necked. They won't listen to nothing. You know what a stiff-necked person is, don't you? Terminology, redneck terminology, hard head. Can't be moved. Stick, like some of y'all look at me every week. Can't move you. It don't matter what I preach on. You're going to look like you do regardless. It don't matter. You're stiff-necked. Help somebody. Right. But tell you what God says about them people. He wants to consume stiff-necked people. The wrath of God is kindled. But thank God there was a man to stand between God. He had to remind him. Now Lord let me. He said I just want to tell you. These are your people. Moses feels like God's giving his people to him. Alright go on. I give you an angel. Get out. Go. Lead them. Get them to the promised land. Lord now let me remind you something. They're, they're your people. You've asked me to lead them. But I can't lead them without you. I'm not taking another step. If you don't tell me that you're going with me. Right. Are you listening to me? And so that's where Moses begins to pray. We see his prayer for the nation of Israel. So how did Moses stand in the breach? How did he stand before God? On behalf of Israel? Through his prayer. That's all I'm going to preach this morning. Through his prayer. I'm going to tell you everything about you need to know about his prayer tonight. I'm going to tell you not only the things that he said, but his condition, how he could stand, how he could pray. That's all coming tonight. I ain't got time to fool with it today. But again, Moses was the man that stood in the gap. Let me ask you something this morning. I'll, I'll close with this question. Are you even to the place with God that you can stand in the gap for somebody else? Just because you come to church this morning don't mean you can stand before God. How many of y'all know you can't stand before God just any old way? Right. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to walk in that throne room with hell hanging off you. I promise you. You ain't going to approach that throne room boldly if sin's in your life. And if you're not close to God, if you're a hypocrite and a Pharisee, by the way, them still Bible words. Come on, help me, somebody. I mean, listen, we've got to be a people that can walk, spiritually speaking, and stand before God in the throne room. And pray. You want revival to come to our church? Yeah, well, you're going to have to get to a place where you can pray. Just because you're praying don't mean it's going. How many of y'all ever said, man, I just don't feel like my prayers are going past the roof? Let me tell you something. Sometimes they ain't. Now you ain't going to hear that at First Baptist Church. Sometimes your prayers don't go past that roof because your heart is way down yonder in Moab. Come on, somebody. You're living way down yonder in Moab somewhere try, trying to stand before Boaz. That ain't the way it works. If you're not where you ought to be this morning with God, hear me and I'm done. Brother Eric, find a song. If you are not right with God this morning, I don't care if you pray till you fall over dead. Your prayers are doing nothing 
if you're not right with Him. You can't, listen, you can't boldly approach the throne room of God and boldly pray when your heart's out in this world and not in tune with God. So let me ask you, can you even stand before Him this morning? In prayer, let's all stand. Father, we love You. Bless this, Lord. I've, I've done my best today. I've done what You've asked me to do, so... Lord, I thank You for that opportunity. I pray, God, this morning that You'd bless the words that's been spoken, the preaching of Thy Word, Lord. Help us tonight. Help us tonight, Lord. But, Lord, bless this invitation. There's people in here, Lord, that if they were to get honest with themselves, they can't stand before You today in prayer and know in their heart that You hear them. So, Lord, I'm asking God that they repent their sin, get right with you, quit playing games before it's too late. Bless the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.